Joining us for further analysis on what's playing itself out on that market scene is Jacques Pretorius from Scenario Security. Jacques, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. All right, a bit of a better day than what we were seeing uh, in midday trade yesterday, uh, both here at home and in the EU. Let's just talk about what market participants are taking stock of this afternoon. Yes, I think uh, there's not a lot of data coming out at the moment. I mean, moving in the sideways dull area of the market, um, I'm still hopeful that by uh, for the, the last quarter of the year that you'll see some upliftment in the equity prices. Now, markets are cheap. Uh, obviously, the risk is what is what is the catalyst going to be? I think everybody's sitting um, waiting for what the Fed is going to do on the third, and about the third of November. That's going to be very important waiting for that interest rate decision. At this point, I think there could be as much as another 25 basis point rise. Uh, and certainly most, most players are thinking before you end, and that will probably be the last one. But I think once that's out of the way, it, it gives you a bit of room right for markets to improve somewhat. What is also interesting, I think, that we're seeing today is uh, the RAND still just wobbling through there. There's no, not enough domestic data to drive the RAND. I'm wondering if this will be another week where we are seeing international developments uh, running our local currency. Yes, I think uh, to a large extent, I believe that uh, the RAND is uh, undervalued. Um, our levels of the RAND's uh, fair value is around about 16.9, barring other factors like political issues and um, and load shedding, load shedding is dissipating quite nicely. So we think, really think that um, the rand should be trading in a range between 715, 715, uh, sorry, 1750 and 1950 odd. And we actually believe that the rand could actually stay stable for the next year, year or year, year and a half. You know, um, before eventually, right, uh, inflation differentials catch up with the valuation of the rand, and it might start weakening at that point. Let's uh, maybe stick to the local uh, market today. Famous Brands coming out with an update there. Uh, and it's a little bit slippery. I think revenue's up, but uh, obviously costs haven't uh, really uh, been managed as well as I'm sure they had hoped. And then there's the news of them cautiously, and I think cautious uh, is very important, of moving into three new territories on the African continent. Jar, keen to get your thoughts uh, on those developments there. Yes, I think, well, I think it's a very well-run business. Um, I think it's the right strategy to, f to follow their growth path going forward and to get into involved in some other regions. I think the Gourmet um, Kitchen story is now behind them. Um, and, you know, despite the, the difficult environment they've been in, they were still able to grow their turnover by 10% and uh, still show some, some gain, in, gain in, pro in profits. So I think it's positive, and I think the, the, the move towards uh, getting invested in other markets as well uh, is positive. What is also interesting, I think, about that is uh, being bullish on markets where uh, many Afri South African companies have gone and haven't succeeded. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, the consumption of uh, fast food in some of the territories on the African continent would be as uh, strong as it is here at home. Um. I can't really comment on that. Mm -hmm. I haven't researched that to, to a large extent. I'm sure they've done their homework, right, mm -hmm. to get involved in those markets. And what we are definitely seeing is that some of these other territories in Africa are growing stronger than South Africa. So, um, you know, there's definitely some um, uh, wind from, from the backside uh, on some of these African countries. And I think it's not a bad area to be looking to invest. I think it is the last frontier. 
And I think there's a lot of opportunity in Africa. And looking now at Anglos and everything happening in there, we do see, uh, you know, some results on uh, or some numbers coming out of their copper operations, um, their diamond operations, as well as Amplat and Kumba. Keen to get your thoughts here. What we are, of course, seeing is this commodity cycle downturn, but it does look like it's a bit of a mixed picture in terms of production uh, for this mining house. Yes, I mean, obviously we saw those great figures coming out of the copper side of it, pushing up really strong. Uh, to some extent, you know, the diamonds didn't look as strong and, and, and steel as well. Um, but, you know, it is, it is a difficult cycle they've been in. They obviously have been hampered to some extent by um, the, the transport of their product um, and also by the lower commodity price. So that will really affect their earnings going forward in this, this, this the next year. Probably seeing a halving of, of uh, earnings expectations during the course of the next year, but I think it's something that the market wasn't anticipated. Uh, the market anticipated it, and it's something that's probably already in the figures. What we are seeing is we are seeing that the share price is stabilising to some extent in both the case of Amplats and Anglo-American, um, and I do believe there will be a sort of a relief rally going into year in for these companies. They typically don't do very well in the interest rate declining cycle during next year, but it doesn't mean that there can be quite a strong balance right in a bearish phase that we are in. And I think the companies have, are actually quite well placed compared to previous cycles. They've got a lot more cash flow and the balance sheets are solid right, compared to, let's say, 98 and, and the aftermath of 2008. So, um, yes, I think they're solid businesses. Um, and... Uh, there's still space for them in, their port in your portfolio. Also, King, just to glance abroad, uh, we are anticipating a lot more U.S. Uh, earnings to come out here, you know, big tech companies also. I keen to get your thoughts on that, Jock, and if you have anything that you're anticipating coming out of that market as we do try to gauge uh, where the U.S. economy is as a whole. Now, the U.S. economy is still going reasonably slow when one looks at the latest figures that's come through. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons why we won't see a, why we might even see another rate increase in that market. The, the, the market's still worried about inflation to some extent. And remember, I think if you look at the US um, going into interest rate declining phase into next year, right, is that the US actually doesn't do as well. Mm -hmm. They tend to do very well in the interest rate rising environment and not so well right during interest rate declining environments. So I definitely think there could be a shift towards emerging markets, towards other markets, right, a bit of flow of, of money towards those markets going into next year. So perhaps uh, the S&P not doing that well. Uh, funny enough, the NASDAQ, right, the big tech stocks, they tend to still do well right in the interest rate declining environment. They are the quality plays. So I'll probably still stick to the very the good quality names in the, in the tech names, but perhaps the broader market, there might be opportunities elsewhere in the world. Well, Jacques, I'm keen to get your stock pick in a bit. Before then, uh, let's reflect on counters that have found favor with your industry peers. Well, I'm going to pick an exchange-traded fund. It is the iShares Quality Factor Fund. Um, the reason I'm picking that now is that we may very well have, um, in, the, in the next few weeks, a lot of market volatility, possibly even a little bit of a correction. 
Um, it is an opportunity then to actually start to add something for the bottom bros and you can just really hold for the next 20, 30 years. This exchange traded fund looks at the S&P 500, but it does a quality filter. Those quality filters take out companies that don't have a good return in equity, that have got a lot of earnings variability. And very, very important in the current environment where you've got higher interest rates and is really going to have a knock on on corporate credit spreads, it filters out companies that have got high leverage. So if there is any type of market downward correction in the next year, this is a nice time to actually get something because it's got the companies who are probably going to be relatively immunized against higher for longer interest rates. I'm going for attack. Um, I've been highlighting quite a few property companies the last few times I've been in the show. So attack for me delivered once again good results. I think they're very well positioned. They did, of course, conclude that that reason. GPF uh, transaction, which means the LTV will probably be in the region of high 20s, which is a very good place to be. Uh, and at that strong balance sheet, most likely they can do share buybacks, or even increase the stake in mass real estate. That's a company that own a power on that's been under pressure. So I think both these options, buying back the own shares or, or mass, is probably better from a yield perspective compared to doing new developments in this very tough economic condition. So that's all nice options to be. I think they're going to have a decent year going forward. I expect high single digits and uh, indisputable growth earnings. I think the NAV is considerably valued, you know, and, and because it's relatively new, when they made this predominantly waterfall, um, the capital requirements are lower, yeah. and yet stock is trading at the discounted book of more than 50%. So for okay. me, uh, patience is required, but I think it offers a very compelling opportunity uh, over medium term. My stock is, is uh, SA Lauder. I, um, this is just really a call on the luxury goods space at the moment, which has been very much under pressure for all the reasons that we've discussed this evening, just a very sort of low economic growth environment. I think the stock market is probably priced in quite a, quite a, quite a bad outcome for a lot of the luxury goods shares. And SA Lord are very close to five-year lows at the moment. So yes, luxury brand. Um, I like the portfolio of goods that they deliver to market, operates in different geographies, if we do start to see a bit of a turnaround and an uptick over the next 18 months, I think there's some nice leveraged upside to a stock like this, and it's offering a good entry at these levels. So tonight, SA Lauder. Hi, Doc. Again, keen to get your thoughts on some of those counters. We have SA Lauder, Attack, as well as the USA Quality Factor ETF. Okay, let's start with the uh, USA Quality ETF. First of all, if you look at the see-through in there, it's all the big tech names in that in that portfolio. So I definitely go along with that. It's definitely a sector that's um, had a very bad last year. It looks like it's recovering quite nicely. It's one of those sectors that I do believe will outperform an interest rate declining cycle. So I can't falter that one, definitely. Uh, the attack call uh, in the property sector, property sector, another sector that benefits out of interest rates uh, declining. But I think it's going to happen later, right? So I believe that the property sector would be a nice place to play. It's probably closer to the end of the second quarter next year. And then the last play, ST Lauder, is, is, is something that is discretionary spend. It also benefits from the interest rate cycle, also a bit earlier in the cycle. And uh, my pick in this sector would rather be something like a Richmond, but better quality, cheaper uh, at the price, also come back 30% rise from its high, and that will be my stock pick, Richmond, rather than ST Lauder. Well, is that your stock pick for today, Jacques? Which count are you going with? I'm going with Richmond. Richmond's <laughs> my place. 30% down uh, from its high. Uh, it's slowly getting to levels where it looks very attractive. 
14, 15 multiple going forward. Uh, it's in the discretionary spend sector and going into this interest rate cut environment into next year. That's the play I'd, I'd, I'd play on. Jacques, it's always a pleasure hearing from you and thank you so much for being with us uh, this afternoon. That was your midday markets update with Jacques Pretorius from Sinai Securities.